News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Joining me now, as she does on every Friday, is the Senior Vice President of the John Locke Foundation, Becky Gray. Hello, Becky. How are you? I'm great. On a Friday afternoon, at yeah. the end of a very long week, yes. And a very long three years, right? Uh, it's been a while since we've had a budget in this state that was a new budget, I should say. Yeah, and... You know, finally, we everybody came together. The governor signed it as soon as the General Assembly got it over there. And so it's all done. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I am pleased to report we have a budget. We have a budget. It is uh, It's pretty big, right? It's what, uh, tw- I've got the number here, $25.9 billion. And then, That's a lot of money. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so 26, basically. And then the next year, it's $27 billion. Rainy day fund going up to four and a quarter billion. So were you surprised that Cooper, uh, Governor Cooper, announced his intention to sign this into law? Did that surprise you? A little bit, because, as you mentioned, Pete, this was the first budget that we've had since 2018. Governor Cooper had a long history of vetoing these budgets. So I was surprised, and of course he did it in a press conference, as the General Assembly was beginning to consider the budget, he came out at exactly the same time that the Senate had begun their deliberations and said that he would sign the budget. So I was a little bit surprised, but I was very pleased. And, you know, the more that I've thought about it and I've seen his comments and comments of other Democratic members who have supported the bill, they recognize that this is a good bill, that it moves the state forward. It doesn't do everything, but I think everybody agrees with that. You know, there's always, with government, there's always more that they could or want to do, but at some point you have to say this is good enough, and I think this budget not only is good enough, I think this is a great budget, and, Pete, I'm just real pleased that everybody has come together. Most people, there were a handful of Democrats in the House and the Senate that did not vote for it, but the governor did, and the majority of the Democratic caucuses, all the Republicans voted for it. So it was just, it was so nice to see on a whole variety of levels. One, they could agree to everything. But the most important thing is, is this is a good budget that puts North Carolina forward and puts us, continues us on a path to economic strength, economic recovery, and more opportunities for North Carolinians across the state. So I wonder, you mentioned the timing of the governor's announcement, and I'm wondering, did did he do that, and I know this is just speculative, but does he do that in order to prevent Democrats uh, that are getting ready to debate in order to send them the message, hey, don't, you know, don't, don't blast this thing because I'm going to vote for it. If he had allowed them, if he did not signal this, if he did not say he was going to sign it, you could have had Democrats going out there and, you know, railing against this thing only to see him turn around and sign it. Also, maybe to send the message, hey, I'm going to sign it so you can go ahead and vote yes, too. Yeah, I, I think there's probably a little bit of, of both of those. I tell you, the thing that surprised me a little bit in the in the way the governor came out with it, um, you know, I was surprised that he didn't take more credit for a lot of this. Again, you know, you mentioned the savings reserve. There are teacher pay increases. There are pay increases for state employees. There are a huge amount of money to go for broadband expansion. There are tax reductions that, you know, he he has said he doesn't like, but every North Carolinian that pays taxes is going to get a tax cut. I think that's something, you know, worth mentioning. Huge investments, continued investments in education, you know, not as much as the governor has proposed, 
but significant um, investments in education, significant investments in capital, in infrastructure. Um, you know, the, the governor said it's a good budget. It moves things forward. It's way past time to have a budget. If I was surprised at anything, it was that he didn't take more credit for some of the things that actually had been part of, you know, his his things that he had asked for, things that were in his original budget. Now, in many cases, it wasn't as much as he had put put forward. You know, the teacher raises were not quite as much as what he had suggested. But you know, things like bringing up um, most local employees of public schools and community colleges to the minimum wage. Um, there, there's just a you know a, a lot of things in here that I think anybody who has supported this bill can be proud of and can can taunt what they're doing. Um, I, again, I was just a little bit surprised that the governor didn't take more credit for some of the specifics in the budget. Yeah, when you read this statement that the North Carolina Democratic Party put out, they do right. They they say it's not a perfect budget, uh, but they claim that Democrats and Cooper forced Republicans to the negotiating table and delivered increased investments in teacher and state employee pay, infrastructure and businesses as we emerge from the pandemic. They then list a bunch of things like high-speed Internet access, you know, broadband um, funding for uh, historically black colleges and universities and the uh, uh, assistance to recover from Tropical Storm Fred. But, I mean, all of those things were Republican priorities. They'd been funding them <laughs> for years already. Right. But at least, right. like, I understood what the Democratic yeah. Party's trying to do. It's trying to position itself as, look, at you know, we delivered these things for you, too. They're trying to glom on. Sure. And, you know, um, the, the thing about it is, and, and you'll see a lot of this, and I, I get that we're living in a very polarized political environment, um, but, you know, these, these are good things, no matter whose idea it was. And like you said, most of these things were priorities. And, you know, really, when it comes down to it, the governor's priorities and the ones we saw at the Democratic Party and the priorities for the Republicans were really the same, except for Medicaid expansion. That was the one thing. I mean, even the teacher pay increases that the governor has said he hasn't signed the budget over the last couple of years, that he doesn't feel like they're large enough but everybody agrees that teachers and, and, you know, I think it's important to remember, too, state employees also get a pay bump. And I think with all the noise that the teacher union seems to make, we've heard a lot about teachers deserve a pay increase. You know, you look at our correctional officers, you look at the law enforcement officers, you look at a lot of the frontline workers who have been at the forefront of the pandemic and a lot of the unrest that we've seen over the last year and a half, two years. Um, you know, these are the state employees, too, who, in, in my view, and in this budget, they also get a pay increase. And I think that's significant, too. I mean, I think, I think that's a big deal. And um, I think it's a good thing in that in addition to the teachers, um, state employees are also getting a pay increase, particularly for the correctional officers, the probation officers, you know, in adult correction, that they got a, a paid bump. And I was very happy to see that. Also, there was a, um, a bonus for the state retirees. And I think that's also important that we recognize not just those that are currently giving their service to the state, but those who have spent their career in service to, to the state. So there was a lot in there. Something else, Pete, that's significant that I feel like we have to mention, too, is 
there was an exemption for military retirement income mm-hmm. from the state income tax. So we've, we've heard about the tax reductions, the, cat, the tax cuts for personal income, for corporate. There's simplification of the franchise tax. There is additional per-child tax credit. Uh, there's also increase in the standard deduction and also an exemption for military retirement, which with the huge military presence that we have in North Carolina and really competing with other states to have our veterans, our military personnel, as they retire, we want them to come to North Carolina. So this is a big deal, too. Yeah. Um, Becky Gray, the Senior Vice President at the John Locke Foundation, you can read the analysis of the budget and all things uh, state legislative at the Carolina Journal. CarolinaJournal.com is the website. Becky, always a pleasure. Thanks so much, and have a great weekend. Pete, great to be with you. Have a great weekend, and happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. I guess this is the last time we'll talk uh, before the uh, before the uh, holiday. So, Becky Gray, CarolinaJournal.com. This is Boomer Von Cannon talking about traffic. 